Bible talk walk. the Bible today. Um, one of the rules of Benedict, I learned a little bit, uh, got kind of confusing. Something about his contemplation stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I will say, I'm trying to understand Benedict through Thomas Merton, not always the easiest thing. But Thomas Merton, I've been reading some of his stuff, the seven steps to humility something. It's pretty good. 12 steps. Yep. It's crazy that that guy, yeah, he's he's probably a martyr. Similar to uh, MLK. Um, except Roman Catholic version. But at the same time, he was a little bit I guess you can almost hear, like, he, like, knows he's going to pass. Like, he knows if you listen to stuff, you read about how he passed away. Like, he kind of knows it's going to happen. So, it's interesting. That's why That's why everybody thinks, oh, yeah, he was martyred. But he could have just been an electric fan. But I think it was still... Both probably, maybe. You know what I mean? Because that's why I pray over your technology, right? But I don't know. It could have been. He could have been in sin, and that was probably part of it. Um, I don't know. So, um, but it's interesting. Listening to his old stuff, it sounds like there's an old fan running in the background the whole time, which that's kind of crazy. But <laughs> um, enough of the weird stuff. Uh, although it's interesting. Actually, the reason why Thomas Merton, I think, is so important, anybody around that time frame, really, that was a prominent teacher, I mean, these guys were, that was the 60s, that was, they were embracing Vatican II, and it's really interesting. Um, uh, And one thing, you know, and I don't, I've been told by the Eastern Catholics, don't even, like, don't even read about Vatican II stuff. Don't even worry about that. What they're trying to say is there's bigger fish to fry, and it has to do with way early church stuff. And I'm all about that. As a, as somebody with a restorationist background, uh, Church of Christ Christian Church, restorationist emphasis on the early church, I am all about that. Now, I will say, Church of Christ Christian Church, only the doctors of the churches tend to tend, not completely, 
whenever people get into that, uh, they come out of Church of Christ Christian Church and realize, wow, Alexander Campbell, you weren't trying to debate them, were you? You were trying to enter the Roman Catholic Church, but you were too old and already established your own church. So, I think just to see the Church of Christ Christian Church as more of like a monastic community, less of this like forcing them into the Anabaptist, you know, uh, kind of Protestant angle, I think that's not right. It doesn't do justice to probably a lot of the people in the, you know, frontier. I mean, the frontier, come on. You go to Church of Christ even today, they're not in the major cities usually. And you can even make arguments like this for uh, Baptists, I think, and a lot of Baptists, unfortunately and fortunately, uh, they have a lot of Benedictine roots, a lot of other things like that, um, especially in their like subculture, um, kind of like American insurgency stuff that I have never studied, never got into, but you know, it's there, and it's not all good. Some of it's like way too Eurocentric. To get down to the nitty gritty, but I don't think people should freak out about everything like that. I think they should just say, "Oh yeah, that might be wrong, that might be right," um, and they should uh, study things out um, to show themselves approved, um, and not take not this uh, this like it's almost like a Jehovah Witness disposition where they're like, "We are right," and they're just like so focused on being right and. They just take up arms against everything else that's not Arianism. They don't even know they're Arianists. Not the, uh, not the white Arian. I'm talking Arianism of, uh, Arius in 300 AD, the debate, Council of Nicaea. Um, you know, St. Pa- uh, St. Uh, Nicholas, um, struck Arius in the face. That, that situation, that's what I'm talking about. Um, which, basically, Jehovah Witness fall under that category. I won't lie, though, they have some cool history. I guess at one time, people that were maybe Aryan or Jehovah Witness, whatever you want to call them, they were, they even occupied the, uh, Rome at one time. So that is why, I believe, if Rome ever was occupied by another country... I do not think that it would last if they were heretical. I think things might be clarified uh, because, you know, if God allowed that much power, like Vatican II, like a lot of stuff was clarified, but you don't see America ruling Rome. And it's just not right. We shouldn't. Because there's, yeah, some people in America maybe are really righteous, but. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's, it's, it's, the theologies are coming from different dispositions. America has to acknowledge, in order to be a great nation, it has to acknowledge that there was a lot of Arianism in America, and that was bad. I'm not saying you can't use it for some kind of ends justify the means, if the means justify the ends kind of thing, but usually it doesn't. So can't just use the Mormons <laughs> to save the day. That's, no. Anyway, 
yeah, it, it's, it's that whole bag of chips. I, I don't know, but there are a lot of good soldiers that are Mormons. I won't lie. There's probably movies that have been made about it. It's like really good Marines and all that. I don't know. I've heard about that. But anyway, that's a bag of chips. I don't want to get into. Anyway, the idea is basically Rome could be occupied by another nation, sure. And that's why I love I love both lungs. I love breathing from both lungs. I'm like I I have two lungs. It's just common sense. It's more than common sense because that's now a political party. What the heck? That's stupid. Uh, but it the the good version of that, which is probably more more so docile, uh, strong republic, uh, borderline Byzantine, um, but maybe pseudo, obviously holy empire, maybe holy Roman empire, if you want the full context, um, and Peter did go to Rome, that's what I'm talking about as far as, uh, e unum, or whatever, I don't know. I, just, I hear all these slogan signs. I see them on the quarters and all that. So I try to make sense of it all. I don't know. There's a lot of history I haven't looked into myself. Lots of Google searches. Just haven't done. So interesting stuff, though. Um, you know, I need to talk to a historian someday and just have a chit-chat. Get up to speed on some stuff so we don't Mark Twain ourselves. You know, uh, history rhyming itself. And I honestly, it's got to be a good historian, one that's honest and is not, you know, doesn't have a negative anti-Christian disposition. So, anyway, um, <coughs> theology, uh, as far as today, Bible talk walk, um, it's, it's, yeah, just, uh, I think that, I think there should be, uh, informal people should acknowledge that I, I heard there's like an informal confession I guess this is I don't know if it was a Benedictine idea but Thomas Merton was talking about it in his 12 steps to humility um, lecture series it's on public library uh, but uh, something about like there's like inf- not informal confession but like you can basically like to your superior withhold, uh, or not, uh, you could just, uh, be honest with them, whatever leadership you have, that, you know, that's like your abbey, or your, whatever they're called, um, and I think to make that practical, that's like, I was thinking about it, like, at work, I'm like, yeah, I have superiors, you know, sometimes I, for the sake of, uh, things being done right in order, structure, um, sometimes I don't see it that way, but, but if, if you needed to bring order to chaos, one way to do it is to just be honest with your leadership, with, not, not in a negative way, but, like, being open and honest instead of, like, holding everything in, because it's so easy to just hold things in about what's going on with different things, little things, especially. But yeah, big things, you know, obviously you got to be wise and, you know, people's feelings and stuff are all important in their lives and etc. But, like, little things, like, oh, yeah, that, that uh, package could be moved 
over here, we should do it that way. But instead of like making a whole thing about it, just being open and honest with the open and honest dialogue with not informal, you know, like uh, structured and order, but it doesn't have to be this formal confession because father figures throughout the whole scriptures, it's important and it is efficacious. It's got to be. But then, yes, there's, I think there's so much value in the deeply rooted ones of the, the appointed, the ordained church, you know, structure, the, the holy church that Christ established. That is, cannot be matched. Um, I know Anglican priests that want to go to Roman Catholic confessions. And, you know, it's funny because they... They can. I mean, they shouldn't. But if they're baptized, they can. <clears throat> so, it's interesting. Because before Vatican II, they really couldn't. And technically, I guess I just learned this, maybe they can't. Then again, another person in my life doesn't like to go to confession yet. They're like waiting until they're confirmed. They're gonna again be more righteous than I am in that category because I was like so adamant about going to confession because I was focused on more of the father figure thing, maybe the more of Vatican II on steroids kind of. But it turns out to be more of an Anglican thing. So, but I think it's just I don't know. I've heard it different ways, varying opinions. Um, based off local interpretations of things. But uh, honestly, I guess at the end of the day, it, things right and in order, it probably is more like Vatican. Well, no Vatican's aside. Uh, I think the official teaching is like, you need to not just be baptized, but to, I think it, it's more so you need to be in a trajectory towards the Roman Catholic Church, even if you're baptized, where you're, you're in catechesis or something like that. And that was my experience, so I think I think I'm good on that. You know, I'm, I'm sure I can go confess that, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a mortal sin in the sense if you're in catechesis, that would probably change things. I I don't know the official teaching. I imagine all things right and in order. I'm I'm kind of a reclamationist theologian. I'm, I'm not, but I'm looking in that direction because. But I also I I can't. I don't want to throw out. The Vatican II stuff, the 1960s stuff, with the old Vatican I stuff from like was it the late 1800s, because, or I can't remember the date for Vatican I, but it was where they just, they got together all the scriptures, it was almost like a council in Nicaea, not even close, but you know, kind of like that idea, but not even close to that, it was more of an educational thing, gathering. Anyway, um, just, uh, I think there should be, like, an informal conversation with, uh, uh, varying, uh, degrees of leadership, um, just for the sake of, uh, the humanity of Christ, and, um, you know, the disciples, they must have talked amongst one another about varying things, they, they must have had some kind of reasoning out of things, and, but with faith too, you know, 
they must have had faith in their conversations where they were edifying and efficacious and even uh, sacramental. So I, I don't know, maybe there would be like a sacramental confession um, of sorts where, you know, it is efficacious and it is good um, sharing between brothers, but especially within like a leadership structure and um, and a uh, something like that. And that's kind of what I'm looking into because I, I want to I do that just to not undermine my original ordination and to create some kind of a spiritual assistance, um, whether sacramentally, officially, or maybe it would be a sacrament if I get legitimate pastoral provision. But that whole thing, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw the sacrament baby out with the sacramental water, you know, I don't, or whatever. I, I don't want to mess up the interpretation of things. I want things right and in order. So, shalom.